lot of energy and as you can see there he's trying to take him back off the pace but Morstal don't forget the last time that Morstal ran it was over five furlongs and he's been trained to run a five furlongs as fast as he can ever do well Leicester now has got his work cut out to get Morstal to drop his bit And a very big warm welcome to the Barstow's Inquiry Sunday Sermon. Uh, my name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and joining me this evening, as as usual, my two co-pilots, John Lane of John Joe's Blogspot. Hello, John. Hello, Lee. Isn't this lovely? We sat here in broad daylight. It's fantastic. It's incredible. Incredible to be recording the Green Bays this weekend. And also, last but not least, He's Lorne Malvo. Chris, good evening. Good evening, gents. Good evening. Now we'll start. We'll start the show off. Uh, you know, basically, uh, a sad passing this week of a, of a I, I think an, an iconic sort of uh, a paddock commentator, a pre-race analyzer for the BBC, former great jockey Jimmy Lindley, uh, sadly passed away this week, aged eighty-six, and. Uh, the reason why I, I I hold this person close to me in terms of the sport is because he was one of the first voices, um, along with that that cunt Julian Wilson. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I mean, uh, but Jimmy Lindley, he he had, he got the softest paddock voice. You know, I, I used to love his turns. I used to love his analysis around the paddock, and he used to say. Brian Rousen couldn't have a finer jockey, and it's just such a shame we couldn't find some 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 tunes and music with a love with his famous with his famous cliche of lovely pair of hands, uh, which you know which he described for most jockeys that uh, he was pally with. Um, <laughs> nothing nothing changes <laughs> in the sport really. Um, but but no, Jimmy Lindley I grew up with, and and I can honestly say. Listening to him, uh, I, 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 in fact, if you, if there's, there's actually show reels on YouTube that you can listen to, and 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 he, the, the the fantastic uh, tributes this week on YouTube, and and it, all some of his decent, well, you know, like he's so good, like listening to, so soft the voices. Some of these that are around today, I don't think they're in the same league. I really don't. I, I enjoyed his his commentary on one of the, uh, I think it was Stouts, because it was Swinburne was on it in uh, Mac Toom, Al Mac Toom's colours. And he described uh, the filly as, um, you know, like, well, anyway, listen, listen, to, listen to the monologues on YouTube. You'll find it if you just, if you just YouTube Jimmy Lindley. But... It, it was actually wasted doing the panic um, yeah. for me. I think some of his best work was post-race when he was summoned to the booth by juggers and he, he actually had that <laughs> jockey technique, you know, and what they were doing in a race. Yeah. I mean, everybody raves about Ruby Walsh, you know, and, and rightly so, he's very, very good. Yeah. Jimmy Lindley was actually doing that sort of thing post-race 30 years ago. Yeah. In fact, that that John, you touched on the very thing. Uh, he he was analysing Leicester on more style at Goodwood. Yeah. Um. And 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 he did he did the full race. The full race. Jimmy was commenting, and he said, "Oh, you can see Leicester's getting lower now. That's when you know Leicester's in trouble. Uh, when he gets lower." 
Um, and and it was just it was it was fascinating to watch and listen to. And 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 any young racing fans that's listening to this pod, if you've not not listened to Jimmy before, just 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 give that show. And if you need the link, then then messages on Bar Stewards on Twitter. I'll I'll provide you with all the links you need. But it's it's it's, it's fantastic. It really is. And um, you know some of the commentary, like I said, it's it's old school, but it's also nice to hear. I I enjoyed listening to that this morning, and um, yeah. So um, I hope that uh, his next journey is uh, is better than uh, being Julian Wilson's stooge <laughs> in his latter years. Um, but anyway, yes, and we we shall honour Jimmy uh, in our in our column because. It's the return of the Lovely Hands column. I've got one. John, have you got one? Indeed, I have. Oh, so we've two at the end of the show. So that's reason for you to keep listening while you walk in the dog. Just keep listening to this pod because at the end we've got two crackers for you at the end of this show. Okay, chaps, let's review uh, the action this weekend on the return of the flat. And obviously it was a tremendous weekend with the return of the Doncaster with the Lincoln meeting and of Dubai. Not so sure about Dubai really, but we'll go through it anyway. John, coming yes. to you, coming to you first. Uh, so Doncaster yesterday, um, I I thought uh, the going description, and this is where we're lying now for the season ahead for punters. The going description at the start of the day does not match what's happening on the pitch and and, and we're getting the, we, we've already seen this on day one of the flat season we, we all predicted it because we've now start we're having to look for ourselves because that's what we do we try and predict what the going's gonna be rather than what the clerk says the going is i mean jason jackson's been on serious question boys linking the ground linking to the ground is there some kind of insurance bigger issue regarding horses injuries Related to reported going. I know it seems a stupid question, but why else do we keep getting ground reports so far off what the time suggests? Good question, Jason. John? Well, we know it's nothing to do with safety unless it's part of this ongoing fallacy that good good to soft ground is the absolute minimum that we can raise on these days, mm-hmm. which we know is a fallacy because we know they have no stats. I mean, we've done that so subject to death really um but i mean yesterday for me was just good racing ground there's no soft in it for me and um, no. they, kick, they no. weren't kicking any clemmies up ideal racing surface good to soft going in the farm books ridiculous once again you know the only the only good to soft accurate <clears throat> part was was the round course obviously the relayed straight course which has obviously been relayed in the last... I, I forget when it was relayed. But um, obviously that drains better, the straight course. And you look at the straight races. Uh, Arthur's Realm, one and a half seconds slower. Uh, Chindit uh, pulled its nuts off, uh, 1.32 seconds slower. Johan the Lincoln winner nearly hit standard. So there's no soft in that. Just get rid of the soft. But this is the thing, John, right? Why aren't we in modern in, mod, in the modern era of, of where we we rely on data? We everyone everyone's got data these days. We have the internet. We 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 downloading speed figures. We subscribing to to the racing post. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, time form. Um, you you name it. We're all, we're all subscribing to to try and give our punting an edge. And yet the the clerks get up in the morning. They'll take the stick. 
when the Jews at its highest level, <laughs> and then six or seven hours later comes Perth time. Uh, why why haven't we got a stick reading thirty minutes before Perth? Are they too lazy to go out? Stick the stick in the ground at various points in the track half an hour before Perth time, and give. Uh, they can even take him round in a golf buggy, can't but, they? I mean, the answer to that is rather unpalatable, lay eh, for people that think Clark should be earning the money. But if you think half an hour before Perth time is actually lunch time, and chances are, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm deadly serious, like yeah. chances are, lunch with the sponsors, straight yeah. gratis. Glad handing this, that, and the other, that will take precedence over actually doing your job. And that will be yeah. right across the board. Mark my words. Yeah, so that's yeah. six points. That's I mean it's amazing, isn't it? How punters have had to put up with things that so it'll so six point six was taken, which was good to sock if you read it at yeah. six AM or seven AM when it was taken. However, six hours yeah. later, eighteen degrees. Punters are getting to the race course, and bear in mind they're not as all like into it like us, us saddos that are just following it all the time. Um, they get there, oh, it's good to soft. Well, this horse has won on good to soft before. They're just reading a simple race card. Well, that's not accurate, is it? Because it's not good to soft. So, so, so this is where you know, again, it it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when they can't get this one simple thing right which is have a going stick reading 12 45 half an hour before the first no it's now dried up to good chaps he's so at least in the- his pub if he does that <laughs> sticky toffee pudding yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah absolutely and this is the thing so jason you've got to remember these kids are only on about 48 to 50 a year you know, I mean, a free lunch is a free lunch. <laughs> it'd be, yeah, it'd be a decent one as well if he's in the right enclosure, the right restaurant. He'll make sure he's in the right enclosure, won't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there we go. So we've highlighted a problem for racing going forwards that uh, this is not really good enough because they don't take into account the elements. And then, and then when the rain comes, sometimes you'll see the old going change from good. For the first into soft for the second race, it's miraculously dropped uh, two rungs from good to soft straight to soft after after a race. You'll see that regular this season, um, and and it's it's such a shame that uh, racing can't take itself seriously with its employees and doing a proper job. So thanks for the question, Jason Jackson. Anyway, on to the action on Saturday, John. Uh, we we will start with the Brockles bait with a very very impressive winner. In Persian Force, I, I was absolutely. This was a devastating perform, early season performance. Certainly, so much so that you would say that this would be unbeatable. You'd think of the early season types. Yeah, I mean it'd be as good as anything you'd see in this type of race, isn't it? Um, I, I struggle to rate the race, if I'm honest. Um, I'm giving him a provisional ninety. Um, which I think is probably fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think his top speed figure was 82. Um, I think he was good for more than that. Um, hard to rate the, the runner-up any better than a 68 off, really. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I might be going forward with that on a provisional 90. Yeah, I, I think... It, I th- 
There's been Alfred Stakes taken. Yeah. Um Camage, uh, bit of a surprise result. I felt I didn't I didn't really I didn't really fancy the winner. Um, you know, like you were right about Garris and Charlie Hills. Well done, John, on the pod. Put putting everyone in their place. What's wrong with Garris, John? I said. And he said, I'll tell you what's wrong with Garris. Charlie Hills. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was one nil to yeah. Charlie Hills is like, it, it's like the Haley Turner situation. I, I need to be convinced I'm getting tremendous value in order to have any sort of dip. Yeah. So, so, so John had a one nil there um, in his uh, in his uh, pod analysis from Friday. Uh, went to the Spring Mile, uh, the lowest field we've seen ever seen for a Spring Mile, and uh, this has caused much debate on Twitter, John. Uh, Lydia Hislop's got involved on this obviously on this topic and she makes some very good points um, and I'd like to hear your analysis and maybe Chris's analysis on uh, why uh, we're struggling or it seems for, for quality runners because people's pissing off elsewhere with decent horses it's mm. not rocket science and I don't blame them you know you've got a mid to upper range handicapper and you're battling it out in fairly competitive fields. You can nip over to France and make as much money with them for getting placed nearly, you know? It, it ain't good enough, but it, it's like I said in the, the Twitter debate, this this needs radical action. It's, it's no good just fiddling about at the margins, eh? you know I mean? There's too many factions in racing pulling in different directions. You need to disband all that. Horsemen, GBR, everything. Get rid of the lot. And then top to tear clear out of the BHA as well and get somebody that's not trying to knock a few heads together. It's the only thing that'll yeah. start it. Yeah, I, th- I think you you sum it up quite nice there regarding like different factions. <laughs> like I say, it's different interests pulling in their interests. For example, the tracks... They're, they're not willing to relinquish their fixtures or, you know, to make racing more competitive, you know, given what we've got, because no, they're just they're just in it for it. with the, the tracks, you know, I mean, we could pull the tracks in the line overnight and just say, look, you tore the line, now you don't race under our rules. Yeah. End of. That's t- that takes balls, though. Well, this is, what, this is what's needed, you know, it needs somebody with balls. Yeah. I must admit, it's quite sad to see. And and if you look at the, some of the Maidan runners, especially over the last sort of couple of months, you can see a lot of like former British horses, you know, rated between ninety five and one hundred and five, that would quite have easily have filled the Lincoln and the Spring Mile. But but like why 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 are they going to race for twenty three thousand for a Spring Mile or you know um, even fifty one thousand for a Lincoln? When you can race all all winter for for superior prize money, I think I think this is where we're at. I mean, I mean that brings us on to another topic. Uh, we may as well discuss discuss topics while we're talking racing. Um, we talk uh, jockeys pay rise uh, this week. Uh, the BHA announced um, a eleven and a half percent pay rise uh, for jockeys across the board. That's national hunt and flat racing all getting eleven and a half percent pay rises now. That's interesting because the people that's decided on this pay rise are beginning the pay rise. 
<laughs> they, they've decided on it, but all the, all that's going to land is on owners' bills. I, I cannot think yeah. of a sport in the world. I can't. I can't. I can't think of anything in the world other in Brit, British racing where the owner gets treated as bad as it does. It's horrific, isn't it? Really. I mean, mm. you know, they might as well have said twenty-five percent. They couldn't have said anything. I mean, yeah, you know, what, we're going to double think. Yeah, you know. We don't want our jockeys worrying about this cost of living crisis. Let's double the wages. Yeah. Okay, our honest. I mean, it, it, it <laughs> is. It, it, I mean, it's, it literally is that. I mean, the the, the prize money. Is, if you, I mean, everyone knows, as has been said on Twitter, that the majority of the British horse racing stock currently lies in the seventy-five and less category rated for flat racing. So when people say jump racing is in crisis, flat racing is in crisis because all we've got, we could we could fill 10 race cards of absolute scrap like we've been doing most of this winter. We can carry on doing that all summer. But how does but that's not attractive to a to a to a supporter of the sport, to a racing fan, if we're getting horses run out in Dubai all winter, or then then they move into Hong Kong, or then they get sold to Australia. Or then, or the race in France, you know, like for for the better prizes. Whilst we're 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 pissing around, you know, it's it literally is. It's such a, it is such a crisis, and we need again. It's no good discussing this when we've done a full flat season, and then all these horses that that should have been racing over here are racing over there, and then we're wondering why. We can't like the the fixture list is bloated as we know because we're going to get six six meetings a day for most of the summer. Um, like last year, there's maybe seven some days. Eight, eight, I even counted on one Tuesday last year when Ireland decided to raise two. And so, and it, it's like literally, how on earth can we f- fill these fixtures and make it attractive to you know to 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 the race goer to the to the person we're trying to attract to the sport i don't know guys what's the answer well the jockeys have obviously got a strong trade union you must be a supporter john surely you know got their uh, <laughs> great pay rise God, there wouldn't be a cost of living crisis. Yeah, skillful negotiation, then, I think. That, yeah, that's that's a mate in a man, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, agreed. I mean, Phil Will Bagshot's been on. He said, do you think in the industry could commit to one day off, maybe, even two for jockeys and stable staff, etc.? I mean... In hell at the minute. No, zero. Absolutely not. I mean... In fact, I'd say even some trainers are even calling for seven-day racing at, yeah. at different times. I mean, Gay Kellaway, a friend of the show, um, she she advocates 
more bottom end racing because again it depends what you've got if you've got more bottom end horses you're going to want more bottom end racing and so on and so on and so on and so on this comes back to the factions doesn't it you know i mean yeah you know they're all pulling in different directions and it ain't good enough no it's not john um okay the the doncaster so we'll leave the spring mile because it was a non-event uh the doncaster mile chinned it pulled its nuts off and beat a substandard field um i'm not convinced we chinned it going forward john are you no i mean as i think i said on friday night chinned it will win the candle will be waving it around in the winner's enclosure saying he's going to go close to mcqueen and we are yeah. the way point. end of yeah, no, that's uh, that's. Uh, I mean, we 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 nominated Gershon as our wanker horse of the winter, and yeah. I think me and John, me and John are going to nominate Chindit as our wanker horse for the flat uh, this summer. Um, I, well, I'm sorry, I'm speaking for John, but that's mine anyway. Yeah, um, the, along with yeah. <laughs> I think Nick Davis will like. That. I don't think Davis is a fan of Chindit either. Um, anyway, we'll go to the Lincoln. And it was won by Johan with a stable upgrade from the shirt to Mick Shannon. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't raise about, would you? I mean, I think one of the reasons that went off 28 to 1 was the fact that the horse had gone from the shirt to the windmill. You know, yep. I mean, dear God. That, that, that was an absolute blindside, wasn't it, really? You, you couldn't have seen that run the career best there. Uh, Ken, no. Ken Peterson's only paddock negative in that race, that whole sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it again. Oh, it's Joanne, yeah, it looks terrible. There you go. Shit yeah. up. So, Sylvester de Souza. Mention yeah. our listener, Nick the Nipper. Nick the Nipper's had, had the 33 Sylvester de Souza to be flat jo- uh, for, to be champion jockey. Um, it, well, if Sylvester starts riding at Beverly and Ripon. Yeah, um, Rick. John's yeah. on board. John's on board with that 33s, I think. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Where's yeah, the Lincoln. The thing is, Sylvester made his career by by blasting out of the traps and just making the running at all these northern gaffs. And sadly, when he was asked to sort of ride races for Stout and Balding and take a lead, he was. He was dog shit. <laughs> that equivalent of Brian Hughes, I think. You know, great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think. I think that's it. I think Chris, that's a good uh, assumption. I think Brian Hughes is just vastly overrated by the market. Sylvester's got one particular set of skills, like him from Taken. You know, yeah. he's got he's, he's got a certain particular set of skills, and that's the blast out. You know, keep going. Yeah. You know, head down. Bang, bang, bang. And if you've got a hold of us that needs a quiet ride, he will find you and he will kill you. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Brilliant, John. Uh, this isn't rehearsed either. It's fantastic. Um, I can tell. R- <laughs> Trust you. Rogue Bear, I-, I did feel, was the best horse in the Lincoln. Um yep. Like by a bit of bias, but yeah, I, I genuinely do. Sort so, 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 so of missed it. It was on the wrong side. Look at well, look at the first five of them. Yes. Uh, Johan stole four. Salim stole three. Irish Admiral stole one. Broken Spear stole five. Rogue Bear stole nineteen. 
And I think that was the key factor. They've been a bit unlucky there with the draw, how it's worked out. But we don't. You hung on to him a bit, man, as well. I thought he had a lot. I thought he could have got after him a little bit, certainly. Yeah. I just hope he's placed correctly. I mean, you wouldn't want to see him turn out at Newmarket or something, or, or some track that loves that's a front end track. I, I'd love, I'd love them to be quite cute with this horse and think we've got an nice horse here. Let's try and find the right race. Spring Cup. Yeah, Spring Cup at Newbury would be ideal. I think, I think that's that's a that's a great shout, John. Um, I wouldn't want to see him at Thirst Hunt Cup. No. <laughs> no. If you think that, um, they probably won't. But, but he, yeah, but I, I hope that horse get placed gets placed right because I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, definitely, definitely the best horse in the race for me. Okay, so we'll move on to um, just something else. I saw. Well, we'll go on to the Curra because John had a had a lovely bet. Um, well, a lovely winner and a, and a, well, nearly another winner. Um, he tipped up Radabarg in the Irish Lincoln. John, that looks a stakes horse to me. Yes. Um I think uh, I think Mercer will have a planning man who clearly had a few quid on on Saturday. Absolutely hammered. Confident in the knowledge that they had a few pounds up the slave. I think the performance itself was probably verging on growth race standard, so maybe send it over something like the Sandown Mall at the with Red Maiden? Possibly. He's, 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 a, he's definitely got a big future, that rider, Bob. It impressed me no end. Uh, another one of yours that impressed me uh, was in the 306. And uh, I, I scoffed at you. I, I said, no way can this beat Boundless Ocean. Well, it didn't beat Boundless Ocean, but it gave it one hell of a fright. And obviously, Boundless Ocean eventually got picked off by the newcomer of Mick uh, Callahan's uh, that... Uh, Malik's that won the race. That's they quite look- highly regarded when Rafe Ralph had it, you know. Yeah. Malik's. I don't think that was a bad race at all. I, I don't think Bamboo's Ocean's been far off its best there. Yeah. But if you, if you do give that 100, you could say, so Malik's has ran to 100, and obviously that Admiralty place with the unfavourable weight for age, you're right to justify your confidence at 20 to 1. So it was a, a very good pick. Travelled very well and um, looked very dangerous for a long, long way. Uh, so three better than it did in each other show races. That's for sure. Yeah, old, the old Kildare juice, John. Yeah, got Jesse's it. carrots. Yeah, Jesse's carrots. Um, so and talking about Jesse's carrots, I mean, there were two. There were two trainers I felt from Ireland yesterday to to, to take going forwards. Obviously, Johnny Murta has got his horses in good fettle. You can see that with Radabog. But Jesse also, because if you watch Ocean Quest in the opener, the two-year-old opener there at the Curra, um, that that was probably three or four lengths the best. Um, uh, Kevin Manning, Nasty Jim's jockey, uh, penned Shane Foley in for a long way before Shane was allowed to get out and literally blast blast in the last sort of 50 yards to get up close home. Do you think Shane and, Foley's any good? No, no, no. It's the same this Colin Keane thing. Everyone champions Colin Keane, saying, no, he's the, he's the one. Ryan Moore should be jocks off. It's Colin Keane. I, 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 just, I just think jocks at the moment are a bit of a much of a muchness, if I'm honest, John. I'm, I'm not thrilled with Shane Foley, though. Well, 
I mean, if you'd have got beat, you'd have been you'd have been sick if you if you're a backer. But he, he got up anyway on the line. And I, the the thing that impressed me more than anything was not the race itself. I just watched them behind the stalls, and this had got a lovely sheen on its coat. It was really fit, looked really forward, and 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 I think that's a good sign for punters going forward. If, if you want some early season trainers, I definitely think. Uh, Jesse Arrington, I think Johnny Murta, and I also think um, obviously Gur Lyons is probably quite obvious, but not Aidan O'Brien, especially after today. I think Aidan McGinn, he says his arse is well forward as well. Uh, oh, yeah, they the tackle there. There's a bit of tackle there with Aidan. Aidan's yeah. got a bit of tackle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's, he's, he's got the best, he's got the best uh, floats for the. He's got an ex-sim cock arse. I'm absolutely gagging to back when it comes out. Okay. Are you going to reveal it today or another time? Oh, it'll keep. It'll keep. Look at that. So keep listening. So we've we've got we've got we've got yes. So we'll go we'll go over to. Uh, I mean, Kempton was pretty boring. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll go over to uh, Maidan. Uh, anything caught your eye at Maidan, John? Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I think you would go through it in like Chinese menu order, can't we? A number of these. <laughs> the dishes, you know, one was an egg foe young, the other one was the special fried rice, and then so on and so forth. At, at risk of going cliche tastic. Um, I mean, they cleaned up, didn't they? It was tar, yeah, tar, yeah. Tar, 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 and in the wind. Um, yeah. You know, they, they blew a hole in everything, really. Yeah, the a bit, wasn't it? Well, well, that's it. The 3:20, I sort of equalised. It was only a dead eat, but but who, who was it? Was, was it you? I was saying to about who was it? I was saying to on the Friday pod. I've got dementia. I'm like, um, uh, Lord North was like a woolly mammoth. Yes, um, yeah. more air than Ron Jeremy. Who was I explaining yeah. that to? To me, I'd, I'd, I'd gone with the Ian Davis hadn't I? Yeah, yeah, the Mahafa. Yeah. You regret that. Mahafa, terrible. Sharp's house is all around shit, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. You know, I mean, really shit. Yeah. And these Lincoln fairs. No, it's true. Okay, so that's made and done. It was nice to see Bob Baffert back after all these troubles. I was quite pleased about that. Well, I mean, I mean... It literally, it, it, it's, it's a sour taste, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we we get it. I mean, the old France debacle, um, where twenty three got arrested, only three have been charged out of the twenty three in France, but one of them's David Cotter, former trainer for JP McManus, etc. It's a little bit. It's it, everything's under the carpet. Well, it's it's all a rotten taste, isn't it? It's a rotten fucking regime. I mean, have a lot of going over there because there's money dripping out their asses. If this was going on in fucking Moscow, we'd have all been there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you know? I, I I don't want to get too political on this show, but but at the same time, you know, like we all we all talk right. So I, I made a post the other day about about burgers in Dubai, and and it's amazing how many people will jump on it and say. Oh yeah, and I, and who's the slaves working for that to produce that bloody blah, blah, blah? But in that same on anything we do, and I always say about moral purchase, where we say, oh well, that yeah, we don't involve that country because because they're, they're rotten bastards. 
But, you know, I mean, we can we can argue to a blue face, can't we? We could say, well, the mobile phone batteries, are we, you know, the, the yeah. poor, 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 poor little children of Africa going down the mines to get the lithium. And, you know, yeah. we, can, we, we can go on forever. We can absolutely go on forever. And, and I just I just think, you know, yes, there needs to be some moral standing. But at the same time, I think people that are taking stances when shall we eat this burger or not, because it's probably been done by. I mean, I'm sorry, but everything in life is is probably done, you know, or packaging or somewhere or whatever you're going to do is is is, is going to come from somewhere that's um, a little bit, you know. Somebody somewhere you. has got a shit job that they don't like. Pretty much, pretty much, and I, th- I think the more morally upstanding we try to be, the more we trip over ourselves. I genuinely feel that way. Whilst it's sad that someone's working sixty-seven pence an hour to provide you with your cotton t-shirts from Primark. Um, you know, it's at the same time, there's lots of other bad things going off in the world. I don't, I haven't got the answers. I haven't got the solutions. Uh, but, but, you know, this is where politics should end on this show and it'll end there right now, but we'll, we'll carry on about Dubai and your beer. I thought was unlucky in the, uh, the classic John, the Shima classic. Did you see it? Coming on over the top of them, wasn't it? Yeah, I think if you back your beer, I'd have be, I'd, that's the one I'd, I'd have felt doubly sick. If, if you, I'd have had a good... Is that form back to the UK? I mean, he's a prime King George Art candidate, isn't he? Really? Yeah. I mean, and golf club's been on, and he's moaning about pile driver in the race, saying if that ever gets a ride, it's it's gonna it's it surely deserves to to win a nice big one. Well, need a trainer as well, won't it? I'm, I'm that, we're surprised we're surprised golf club were on your beer. Yeah, I mean, he he has worse luck than us. But having said that, this weekend, what a fantastic uh, way way to to, to finish the weekend off. We've done really well, haven't we? I think a 34 points profit on Saturday for the bar stewards, Um, you know, blasting all out the flat bets. And only one jumps tips. And what happened to him, John? Uh, I forgot his name. Who is he again? I trained some fourth in a handicap final at Kelso and and and, yeah. and gassed and gassed us all with these really bad national tips. Well, um, yeah, stick to the flat. We don't remember. We don't want broken down horses falling over each other. Absolutely. You know, to try and to try and make money. It's just li- yeah. literally we're just backing fastest horse across a field. Remember that, folks. That's what rating's about. The bottom line. Nice to see. Uh, we, we got off, and we got off to a flyer with me, John, today. The followers, the the the, the Grand Alliance, the last at Donny. Well, you weren't very confident about that, last, weren't you? Yeah, he, uh, he bolted him, fairly bolted him. Um, probably feeling the ground a bit because he hung right across the far rail. I felt, but but, but yeah, one one that I think is going to justify confidence, and I hope some of you listened. I think it was still pulled together a bit physically as well. Yes, it's a nice horse. Still a bit on the wings there, yeah. Yeah, could get to three figures that, so so watch out, folks. And I hope some of you were on that today. And if you took all the sixes and sevens last night and stopped me from having a big bet, you're all bastards. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that'll do for the reviews. We, we've done plenty on that. Javai World Cup, no one's bothered. Total Sandpit. Dottori's rode that for Baffert, like uh, Chris said. Yeah. So I'm going to move on now to a more interesting topic where we can really get stuck in. And it's the Racing League, John. Ah, fuck off. 
Yeah. What, what's, what's the bad about it? Come on. You know, th- this is engaging. The fucking course. aspect of it is shite. <laughs> Pure and simple. You got them seven gurning idiots yesterday on the bloody opening show. 15 minutes to do that stupid jockey draft. Yeah. And who the hell could tell you which jockey's riding for which team now if you ask them? No. The, to- the Tory for Wales. <sighs> For, for the Bent Welsh, the Tories riding for Christian Williams and the Bent Welsh. What? What? You know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I would just, I would just love to ask any of them seven what justification is there for them revisiting that project this year after last year because they did no measures in place to like quantify the success or failure of it. They don't know how many new disciples to racing it's brought in because they have no means of knowing. No. It's bollocks. It's Turgo Cup all over again, isn't it? Just yeah. I mean, you, you'll get people that say, oh, you're just mourning your dinosaurs and all this. How long does it take to get people to realise racing is not a tame sport? They showed that with the Shergar Cup. Nobody gives a shit about that. And what do they do? They bring in another tame sport. Uh, absolute idiot. Yeah, it's rubbish, isn't it? It's absolute rubbish. And the and the overwhelming feedback on social media has been negative. I can't find anybody that sort of stands up and says, this is good, let's carry on with it. Everyone says it's shit. I, I, well, tweeted, well, I tweeted them pricks yesterday. I said, how much are you paying the managers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well the interesting thing is, the, the, again, like what we've said about like factions pulling in different directions, and this is why racing really doesn't succeed, is that the only people championing this are obviously trainers because it's extra prize money races because it'll be 50 grand added uh, per per handicap. Or I'm, I'm not sure, I can't quote that as definite. It might be 30 grand or 40 grand. But good, 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 good prizes for the racing league. So the trainers and owners are happy of, of, of entries of those races. Ones that can have um, Yeah. Well, ones that get in, and I mean, I, I don't know the format yet or what distances, or I, I still don't know. It, we've just had this jockey draft, and that's it. But, but at the same time, uh, so they'll be happy that they'll be able to race in this, get extra money. I get that. I ain't got a problem with that because it's like that's that's their business, and they they want to to make more money for their owners and themselves, and I, I get it all. Um, however, in terms of for the wider audience, it's yeah. probably not the best spectacle. I think we can all safely agree to that, that none of us or none, none, nobody that I know would give it. In fact, I can't even remember who won it last year. I can't remember the winning team. Can't remember the winning. I can't remember the winning anything um, because all most punters are bothered about really is the last winner. Well, what, what was galling to me, mate? Was, I mean, yesterday on that opening show, you had Snow White, Luke Harry, accompanied by the seven gurning idiots. And that, <laughs> those eight, that's it as regards positive media voices for the racing league. Now, there could be a common denominator there, and it might be Wonga. Yeah, could, could, could be the money, the, the money laundering racing league. Well, you, you, you know what I mean? 
You cannot find another person in the media speaking out in favour of it. I'm going to get sued for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, it, it literally is. Um, it's amazing. It, it, it is amazing that we've gone through years of Shergar Cup, years of moaning. And I mean, anyone that's any, all punters. And by the way, before anyone disses punters and says punters do, you know, what's the be all and end all that punters? Punters keep the sport going. No punters equals no sport. It's that simple. And so why are we bringing things in that the punters aren't connecting to? If the punters were connecting to it, we'd all say fair enough. This is all great game, great show. But but sadly, alas, we're not, are we? Um, I mean, Chris, Chris, what's your thoughts as, as, as a more yeah. casual Casual punter, how do you, how do you, because, because you, other than me, me and John probably do it more full time than you. So, so what, 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 what's your thoughts on the racing league as a casual punter? Precisely that. I, I can't recall last year's winner. I can't, I don't actually even understand the format. Uh, uh, and, and racing isn't a team sport, but the only, the only sort of crumb of comfort I draw from it is that, that Mick Quinn is head, the head at quite. So they'll all be fucking dead by Matt. So I don't think it'll, it'll run full term, to be honest. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions there, isn't there, for starters? I mean, how the hell do you come up with an name, Mick Quinn, for one of your managers? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, the yeah, man that. Yeah, the, I mean, the, it, this is for people that's new to racing, bringing, bringing new people in, you know. Oh, I'm new to racing. Let's have a look at these managers. Oh, I'm going to Google Mick Quinn, see what he used to do. <laughs> not or not do, as the case may be. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, that I, I mean, do you know what's happening there, don't you? Mick Quinn, you know what's happening in the fade realm. You know. John, you know what's happening there? There's, there's, they've stuck some some young young gimp on, on the, the employment uh, side of things to employ the people like Kevin Blake, Leona Mayer, Matt Chapman, yeah. right? There's a 60 grand kitty to pay all these, all these, you know, for the services. Yeah. Yeah. There's 800 notes left. Who do we get for 800? You've spent it all. You've spent 59,200. Chapman's demanded 200 pound food allowance. So that means there's 800 left. Who are we going to get for 800? Uh, Mick Quinn. <laughs> He'll do it for 800 notes. Um, I think that's 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 where we're at. I think. Yeah. 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 A, t- a terrible scenario, but. What a shower of shit. Yeah, all this is going off. Uh, we're racing at the moment. Uh, racing in crisis, really. I think. Uh, if anyone looks at the spring mile, wait, wait till we get the Epsom handicaps on Derby Day. There'll be six runners. There'll be six runners, and there'll be. Yeah, Leng will be the old race that Stout used to target years ago. There'll be about six runners left, I think, for the for the for one of the big handicaps there that used to be really popular. But, yeah, that's far to fair the field. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Stout as well, uh, digressing. Obviously, news this week on uh, sad news, really, because uh, obviously I respect Sir Michael Stout's training skills probably as much as anyone in the game. He, he's, he's achieved as much as anyone in the game. Um, and he's up there for me with Henry Cecil, etc., etc. And rather sad news this week. He's finally succumbed to, obviously, demand, supply and demand. And he's succumbed to uh, relinquishing Beechhurst, John. Yes. Um, where it all started, actually. Yeah. 
and uh, his first wife actually owns it. Um, and she'll probably release it now. I think there's been quite a lot of interest. So I'm, I'm sure well, there'll be somebody going in there very shortly. It's a lovely yard, back on the gallops. And, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously declining numbers, isn't it? 25 winners are under this year, to be honest. Yeah. That's, that's it, it, a, a sad sight, obviously, Beechurst. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John, you'd know more than I, but, but wasn't Shergar there for his, for his two years, as a two year old? I think, he, I think he moved over to Beechurst. Um, after the um, maybe halfway through his two-year-old career, something. Uh, Marwell was out there, you know. Um, yeah, there some great horses out there. Sheriff Stanley was out there, I think. Doyle, yeah, yeah, endless list. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. No, very sad. Um, and I suppose end of an era there for some Michael Stout in in that in those terms, but he obviously still at Freemason Lodge and. Um, we wish him well, but it looks like the beginning of the end for the great Sir Michael Stout, unless something uh, miraculous happens and comes through that we haven't foreseen. Um, right, we'll move on to the latest on single customer view, of which I'm a very close participant in terms of a uh, little bit of inside info, etc., etc. And the latest is that um, the uh, Gambling Commission are posting forward an initiative for the phase two of the trial project of single customer view, where they're going to do a traffic light system, which is nice of them, uh, which is red, amber, green, uh, and it goes on credit checks. So basically, if you've got a bad bad credit score, you'll be allowed £500 a month deposit, uh, a medium credit score, £1,000 a month deposit, and a good credit score, £1,500 a month deposit. This is all very, uh, for me, draconian, I'm, I, I'm, I am shell-shocked at how we're moving as society. It depresses me, I'll be honest. I get depressed on a, on, a, on a daily basis because of this, because why are we telling people how we can spend their money, chaps? It's just appalling, isn't it, really? I mean, you know, we're supposed to be free, and we're not, are we? It's just so depressing. Oh ruled by technocrats who have no skin in the game and know what's best for us you know none of these mps or this would know the first thing about betting and that's the sad thing you know you've got mps sort of jumping up and down parroting statistics that they've been given by people with vested in uh, and you know when all this is said and done these mps will get voted out these technocrats will move to another quango or another initiative and everybody else will be bearing the consequences. But but that's how society is. You know, you've got footballers telling us that because they fucked up their lives, you know, everybody else has got to fall in debt. You've got a, a society and a culture that that, that fetishises and lionises bad decisions. You know, people don't have shame anymore. People are very happy to go up on social media and say, hey, look at me, everyone. I lost my house, my marriage. I'm living rough. And just to kind of get that, dopamine hit of likes and pat and virtual pats on the back you know people just don't have that in them anymore to sort of uh, keep it under wraps and move forward you know it, it's look at me look how terrible my life is uh, and, that, and that's that's the society we're living in at the minute unfortunately chris do you think this is um something a little bit classist because i mean 
me and John have often yeah. had discussions about about class politics and how yeah. class politics doesn't apply anymore. Um, we've we've kind of lost the oh you're upper class, uh, I'm lower class. Uh, it's more now about identity politics rather. But in this instance, is this not about if you can if you've got enough money to put in the stock market and IG index, you can yeah. have thirty thousand pounds and invest on the shares tomorrow, like I can, no problems. I'll get no I'll get no questions. Right. But yet, if I want to put, well, at the minute, it's 5,000 into Betfair. That's my maximum. Um, If I want to put, you know, if I want to put 10,000 in Betfair, I can't. No. It's not not sociably responsible. Absolutely right. It's about policies and uh, initiatives are all about protecting the the dumb shit working class from themselves. they're, They're too stupid to know not to pick their children fucking tango for breakfast. And McDonald's for breakfast, so we're going to tax that and we're going to push that. Uh, healthy eating options. Uh, they're too thick to know how to spend their money. They only spend it on drink, drugs, and gambling. So we're going to uh, regulate that. So, so, so it's about protecting people who, you know, those who know better. Um, you keep you know, sorry, so maybe, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the point, the point is exactly that, isn't it? It's about protecting yeah. people from themselves because you know these people perceive working class people and average joes is too stupid to know how to manage their money so we're going to tell them how to do it and it's you know it's about not betting and not eating sugar not having mcdonald's not having this not having that but the problem is let's say if this comes in and let's say it all all goes forward and obviously as 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 i've discussed with 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 some people today uh, regarding credit ratings Credit ratings aren't the be all and end all because we know you have to take the right amount of credit. You have to yeah. you have to then pay off that credit. You then have to, you know, like have a high high standing, i.e., thirty thousand pound credit cards to be a yeah. one. Um, if you if you for example sort of like just pay the minimum payment on your credit, it's not a good particularly good sign. So even though you pay your bills, so lots of people are going to be discriminated against for different reasons. And I just I I don't think the credit rating's the right way to go either. Um, and and the thing is, who can, no, right, for example, I, I I don't want sympathy, I don't want violins, but but no one cares about me because if if I'm not allowed to bet or or, or I can only deposit five hundred pound a month because my credit rating's non-existent because I don't have I'm not a normal person of society. I don't pay tax, you know, in terms of so I'm not a normal salaried person. Um, I, so they say you can have five hundred pound a month, sir. Um, and then what? What about my knock-on businesses? I mean, I mean, I run a, I run a, a tipping website. So, so my family then has to suffer because, because. Yeah, but but you see, of what making these decisions have no understanding that it is possible to win and make a living gambling. You know, it, no. it the whole, goes to the whole notion. Oh, you never see a poor bookie. Oh, it's a mugs game. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's entirely what it's based on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is inconceivable to, to, to vast swathes of the population, including those who, who are regulating the shit out of the industry, that it is possible to make money. And that's the problem. You know, you as a professional punter, gambler, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, they have no concept that it's possible to do. Because, you know, if you operate from the basis that these games of chance are all impossible to beat and they make no distinction or they haven't previously made any distinction between, you know, betting on horses or greyhounds and, you know, virtual roulette, 
you know, if you conflate all those games together, then, it, you know, th- th- they're all impossible to beat. Therefore, there's only one winner. That's the booking. So we're going to help you by by restricting the amount of money you can deposit on a monthly basis because we're helping you. We're, we're protecting you from yourself because you're too thick to work out, you know, that these are games of chance that you can't beat. That's, the, you know, that that's the that's the mindset that these people have, unfortunately. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's very worrying. Time. Typical example. I mean, uh, years ago when uh, she was, she was just been appointed Northern Ireland secretary, I, I met Moore Morland. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my cousin used to run an office in Redcar, a constituency office, and I met Moore Morland. And uh, at the time, I'd been punting what about eight years sole income, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and it was the usual, you know, shake hands or whatever. And what, and what do you do? I said, oh, I back horses. He said, no, I work. I, I said, no, oh, I, I back horses. That, that's how I make my living. She said, do you win? I said, no, not really. I thought, oh, I can't see. <laughs> you know, I mean, what a question. You know, I back horses. For, do you win? Well, no, obviously. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is thing. I mean, we, I, we've said this before, John, haven't we? That if anyone asks what you do, I, usually when I'm on holiday or whatever, I just tell lies. I just say I'm a, I'm a web designer. I yeah. say I'm a, I'm, I'm a carpet. I've said all sorts. I've literally said all sorts through my time because and I'll, I just I'll start on the hop because I usually lie. Yeah, it's just it's not worth explaining, and it's just you know they just look at you gone out and then. I'm sure that they look at you with disdain if you if 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 they think that's what you do because they just judge you there and then. Just think you're a waster. Yeah, the, yeah, the the unseedy waster type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've got a point there. Well, um, to, to be fair, <laughs> I mean, the first glance we do look like wasters. So. Yeah, un, unseedy wasters. That's why we're on audio pod and not video pod. We're not oh, as good absolutely. looking like Tony Calvin and uh, Hugh Kale and Kevin Blake. So that's that's the reason we're on audio. Um, there we go. Uh, right, no, no, interesting show this one. But to finish it, we're going to start as we finished, uh, and it's on Jimmy Lindley, um, the the return of the lovely hands column. And John, I want your lovely hands first, please. Um, the focus once again is on the current, as it was on Friday night. Yes. And in the four fifty one at the current which was the Barberstown Castle handicap run over a mile for just over 6,000 euros. I was very much drawn to a horse called Mary Salome. Um, she finished 12th. Now, that doesn't tell all the story. This horse had stinking rotten form figures going into this, but was significantly short on the machine you know, she's well down the list, and her odds were right out of sync with everything else. So I thought, I'm going to keep an eye on this. And I'm glad I did, because she was drawn one, and had what some people might call a beautiful position coming past the elbow. But of course, when Arsie start dying in front of you, and you're drawn one in a big field, there's only one direction to go, and that's back over. She's finished 12. She hasn't had any kind of race whatsoever. Um, she can definitely win off 16 and 
and she's in rude health at the minute. So after finishing 12th, I wouldn't expect there'll be too many market sparks going off the next time she runs. So I'd expect to see her out within a fortnight. And uh, it's up to them if they're off, isn't it? But she's definitely in the sort of shape where she can win. Well, this is where we have... And ex- this is weird. Jimmy Lindley's passed away this week, and in memory of his column, uh, you know, we've, we've brought it back to life. And weirdly, we have a bar stewards klaxon. Because unbelievably, of all the races that me and John have analysed, and we haven't conferred, we've come up with the same runner. My You're runner is... Kidding. I'm not kidding. Mary Salome. Um, this is a mare that basically has... She, she's she's a money spinner for that yard. She's won three races, but yeah. they, they, they target her lovely. They, they get her down to marks. She was in fantastic early season form last season. If you watched the run against that rail, she couldn't get a run like you no. said. Or, or, you know, she, she was coming through to win. And, or, or possibly, yeah, yeah. Either pissed up or gone close, whatever. But, but literally, Mary Salome... If she doesn't win uh, this spring, uh, I'm a Chinaman, and and that's amazing. So the so the the week Jimmy's passed away, we bring the column back. Me and John have not conferred out of all this weekend racing. We could look to maidens, handicaps everywhere. That's We've not the hand, Mary, of, the hand of Jimmy. That's in there. The hand the hand of Jimmy has given Bastard some winners there. Uh, this mare will be winning. Lovely grey mare. Let's get lumping on Mary Salome. What a, what a way to finish the show. Love that. Love that. That's that's absolutely off the cuff. Love it. Spooky. Um, <laughs> it's very, very spooky, but two good judges there because John's leading the Naps table. He's bouncing. He's beating Franks. Franks in second. I'm in third. Nev's tailed off. Fuck Nev. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is all about the flat now. We're, we're, we're King Kong. Um, that's all from us today. Uh, me, John. And um, and Chris, uh, we're back on Friday with our next show. Um, uh, Andy, I think, and Adam will be joining us um, hopefully on Friday. So hopefully me and John can pull further clear of them. Um, so that's all from us this weekend. Hope you've had a good one. Bye for now.